Good evening and welcome to the Rissington Podcast, Episode 6. Hello, welcome to the Rissington Podcast, Episode 6. 6, hello. Before we do some questions, <laughs> we're going to do... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Well, we did the Co- we did the um, the Cotswold voice a lot last time. So oh, it's, it's the a... only accent I know, Mister X. I'm going to do a different voice this time. Hey, my own rainbow shit has got some. What? It's got bloody glitter on it. Go focus, on, man. Focus. Sorry. Before we do the question, we're going to do a little little shout out, haven't we? There. Uh, Oxton. Yes, we were going to say thank you to Michael Grinstead for sending us a wonderful poster, and we'll put the link out on Flickr. Um, no, we'll put the link out on the blog. This is not going <laughs> This is shite. <laughs> Should we start again? No, you just do your bit again. Oh. <laughs> Which accent would you like to do? <laughs> oh, anything, sir. Uh, I would do it in a New York accent, then. Oh, yeah. <sighs> OK, so we want to say thank you very much to Michael Grinstead, who sent us a wonderful poster after he'd seen a comment I put on a, on a photo on Flickr. Mm. Um, we'll put a link on the blog to the picture. It's a lovely OXO advert it poster. It's brilliant, and we'll be getting um, that framed from very shortly. What, from the 50s, 40s? Uh, I say the 40s. Uh, but it was just uh, it's just ideal Rissington material, isn't it? Yeah, so so it's thank you very much, that. Michael. That was very kind. We'll put a link out on the blog for all, very that, nice. all that information. Um, I've got um, not a confession to make, but... I was listening to an old podcast the other day and I was ranting on about how you should never put chutney in with cheese and the, the cheese has got to be really good. You shouldn't put chutney in. And actually, I, I just realised that was a load of bollocks, really, because um, I had a really... <laughs> what, just that little Well, just podcast. that little bit, you know, not the rest. <laughs> the rest of the podcast was wonderful. Yes. <laughs> I was, the, you know, I, I recently had a really nice warm brie with... Um, uh, it was actually it was chili jam, oh, which is the, the the posh new chutney, isn't it? You can't call it chutney. Chili, chili jam is really guaranteed to burn your mouth in many but ways. I, it was just great, and I've I've, I've changed my mind. Ch- chutney's good. Put the chutney in. It's a good foil, as they say. Okay. So that's it, really. I just wanted to sort of apologise. And I was to chutneys everywhere. I was just going to say that I'm not a freelancer anymore, so I'm probably not qualified to do this podcast anymore. Hey, I have a job now. What are you, who are you working for? I'm not saying. I don't want to associate any of my employees <laughs> with my bollocks. That's probably a wise choice, yes. isn't it? So, but are you enjoying not being a freelancer? Uh, well, I'm only a couple of weeks in, so it doesn't feel... <laughs> and I'm still going to be at the Risington office, so it doesn't I, feel much different. I think except that I know no. I'm going to get paid at the end of this month. Uh, oh, OK. So. Mm, OK, yeah, you, got, you got the better deal, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I put invoices in in, this, in November. You'd have thought you might get paid now. Oh, come on. Surely that's not long enough. Bastards. Right. Okay. Let's get started. Let's go straight to the questions. I'm going to ask the first question. Um, This is from James Leslie. He has the girl's name. He has two first names as a name. Yes. Hi guys. Hi James. Loving the podcast, though I do keep getting funny looks from colleagues when I inadvertently burst out laughing at points. Well, firstly, don't laugh. It's not fucking funny. No. It's very serious stuff. Uh, so now it has finally arrived I was just wondering if you were as enamoured as I am by the contents of the disc box uh, he means the radio head in, the, in Rainbow's disc box I think. which I've got my microphone on at this moment did the inner geek in your respective persons enjoy the CMYK information detail on it or well, do you want to answer that because 
I didn't even notice, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. Uh, but the thing, the, the key thing about the disc box, you know, it's nice because you get lots of artwork and bits and pieces in it. Um, but the second CD for In Rainbows is fantastic, it isn't is it? It is fantastic. And um, as you pointed out that it follows on really well from the first CD. Mm. You, know, or, you know, After the video tape, Mark 1 yeah. goes in really nicely. If you play it both together, it's just mm. like a big seamless thing. And it, it sounds like a real... It's like a real album, I was about to say. But it sounds like a full, you know, it, it doesn't sound like a B-sides collection, which was what Definitely I not. wrote about. So, And I think I, in some, I don't, I don't feel I owe an apology to Luke Dorney, but I did put a comment on his Flickr photo, which uh, he did a cover for In Rainbows, mm-hmm. which I was like, you're not qualified to do that. <laughs> but actually now having received the, the, the uh, box set, I mm. will concede that he was about, he was close. Not far off, was he? he? Was exactly yeah. colouring. See that? That yeah. was his mistake. But, so, yeah, it was very close, and I do like it. So. <laughs> cool. So, thank you, James. Next question. Nathan Pittman? Yeah. Okay, Mr Pittman. We all know Mr Pittman in this office, I believe. Yes, I think so. Hello there, chaps. I have a question for your good shelves. Selves. <laughs> At some point, everyone cocks up a good one. I know for sure I have a few under my belt. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that called something? Isn't yeah. it diphalic derata or something? <laughs> Biphallic. Anyway, what's your best worst, depending on how you look at it, cock up, and how did you handle it? Are we going to stop there? Uh, Goes on a bit, or do you think I need to read it? Do do I read his cock up? Okay. I handle online travel surveys for clients. One of the many surveys I do for them was completed by a few thousand users before I discovered to my horror that it hadn't been recording responses from a large percentage of the questions. (laughs) The source of the problem being a number of typos in my PHP. Luckily, the client was very understanding and was able to rectify the figures by averaging results from a paper survey they had done side-by-side side with the online one. Excuse me. I immediately offered to develop the next survey for free, which went down well, and I'm still working for them today. A happy ending. Aww. Um, I've been, I was using that to just try and think of a good cock-up, mm. but... <laughs> what escapes me, apart from that one I already mentioned in the first podcast about emailing a client, I, oh, did, yeah. I, did, a, I did a reply all instead of a reply, and it... I think my best one was uh, when Josh Rink was in full flow with uh, all the comments that used to come through. I deve- it was a text pattern site, and I developed a text pattern site for uh, a girls' college, as it is called in this country, a private girls' college. <laughs> and text pa- at the time, I didn't modify the back end, so they didn't look any different. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally gave the girls' college login to Josh Rink. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They put a post up about some <laughs> hockey game and then spent the day receiving lewd comments from all the Joshua commenters. <laughs> so, but fortunately, fortunately for me, they, they saw the funny side. But you can, you can imagine the kind of stuff that was... I'd forgotten all about that one. <laughs> it was, uh, ever since that day, I put watermarks on the back of all my text pattern installs so I know which company it is. Yes. But... Superb. Well, that makes it for my lack of a cock-up. <laughs> All right, Simon Warwick. Now. That's Mr. Historic Futures. Yes. We, um, keep, we keep coming back to them. I know, yeah. they keep getting a mention, don't well, they? Well, they, they, you know, they like to be involved. Yes, they keep asking us when we're going to do another one. A uh, podcast, that is. Um, right. I thought of you chaps a few moments ago. I was sipping a Bloody Mary... All but, ooh, sorry to hear that. All but <laughs> ten yards from the Indian Ocean in the Bay of Bengal while munching on some delicious Kerala fish curry. Oh, oh, oh. And overheard a conversation about podcasting from the table next to me. Well, 
No, sorry, I missed the apostrophe. Wheel. No, it says well. He's put the apostrophe in the wrong place. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a trick. When I say I overheard a conversation, I actually only mean a few words of it. The odd thing was, it was all Indian fellows, and every so often, the Tamil language they were speaking was interspersed with the word podcast. So I can only assume they were talking about you fine chaps. Yes. <laughs> well, we are the only podcast. That's <laughs> the Bengal division. Uh, <laughs> keep it up, chaps. Do you have a flag? Um, I've spent the last two weeks visiting some very poor areas, some indeed without proper roads, let alone toilet paper. Until recently, these areas were ruled by a brigand by the name of Kus Munisam... Uh, let me just try and start this again. Kus Muniswami Virapan... He was considered to be a modern-day Robin Hood, kidnapping the rich for ransom and paying the proceeds to the poor. Due to the demise of this terrible fiend, the area is now open and undergoing some modernisation to bring it to some rudimentary telephone systems. During Ronsa's visit, I learnt that a particular village is about to be connected to the telling bone network. Oh, I see. I, I... <laughs> the, the That's Cockney rhyming slang. Yeah. <laughs> My task is to help tell the story of these poor fellows who live mostly without food on a regular basis, and you will never have heard your fine program on the interweb tubes. When interrogated, I discovered these fellows have no idea what the internet is. They are also prone to being bitten by snakes until death in such areas. Though I suspect this is unrelated. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know how much you've been laughing about it. Well, he's, he's, you've got to see the funny side. Yeah, yeah, you've laugh, haven't you? No food, death by snake bite. I would be very pleased to invite you good chaps to your next podcast to explain to such fellows what the internet is in terms of a not-too-technical nature. Could you do so in such a concise form that I might relay this information to said fellows? such that they may understand and wonder at the world around them. Mm. What a great question. What is the internet? It's a place where you can meet moody teenagers who have no social skills or watch porn Mm -hmm. and buy books from Amazon. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds good to me. I, um, I love that there's a good explanation of podcasting that um, Ask a Ninja did, which was about, um, about whales... Um, and something to do with apple pies being being thrown out, and they find this good source of apple pies, and every week there's apple pies coming at them. Um, <laughs> it was something about that, anyway. It was it seemed a really good. So that's basically what they were suggesting podcasting was like a really good source of apple pies for whales. So I have to just say that this is a few months old. This um, and I think yeah, Simon's we're, now back. we're catching up a bit, aren't we? Yeah, he is. He's back now, but mm-hmm. it, uh, just looking. Maybe we should put a link to his blog because some of the stuff yeah. he was saying is quite. Quite moving, really, mm. even if it is funny when yeah. he puts it like this. And we must say, we won't let lots of charity cases come into this podcast, but we will definitely allow this one. Yes. It's a very interesting to sort of read this thing from first-hand recounts. So. Yes. We still must invite him down, actually, to bring some photos and tell us of his... Yeah. Tell of his... Maybe do we can do a podcast show. special. <laughs> a sideshow, did you say? It's a slideshow. <laughs> okay. Um... Go next. Okay, yes. iPhone wallpaper is the next question. And I want you to read out the name. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Nobar Allen. He's another man with. Norbauer. Norbauer. I think it's Nor. Do you want me to read the question? Yeah. I really love the illustration on your website. I was wondering if there was a chance you could provide a version of your iPhone wallpaper without the logo. I promise to tell anyone that asks that it's from the Great Risington podcast. No. No. <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> I mean, if you must do, you can probably hack your own I was going to say, JPEG and... You could probably do it yourself in Photoshop if you really yeah. want to. That's what I do. 
But uh, you know, why why would you want the illustration without the logo? God, it's such a good logo. You're embarrassed, aren't you? It's really, really saying he's embarrassed about us, but no, we won't do that. No. It's all part and parcel, mate. Okay, this is from Matt Ham. Matt Ham is a guy who used to live in Whitney and has moved to Brighton. Is he the one who stopped you in the street? No. That was somebody else. No, that was a wee boy. A wee um, boy. He's, he might be listening, actually. He's you know, quite pissed off I didn't remember his name. I think his name was Nick. Um, yes, this is from Matt Ham, who asks, is doing a wee in the shower okay? Uh, I don't have a shower. I can tell you one thing. <laughs> yeah, I right. can tell you one thing. I don't have a shower. Yeah, but that's not the excuse to... No, but I was going to explain that okay. doing a wee in the bath is not okay because it starts coming back towards you before you've got a chance to get out. <laughs> so your shins end up smelling like a dog pissed on it. But in a shower, it just gets down the sinkhole. It's, I think you need to clean it, the basin. It, it's the last taboo. I mean, it should be okay, shouldn't it? Especially I can think of other properly. worse things to do in the show. Yeah, I mean, if you aim right down the plug hole, it shouldn't yeah. be a problem. But it's um, it, it, for some reason, it's still that kind of. I think there's still a bit of a taboo subject. That I one. think you probably reduce your carbon footprint just a little bit because you're not flushing the loo, are you? Well, so yeah. In those I mean, terms, you can tell I've given this some thought. <laughs> think of excuses, quick. <laughs> yeah, and just for the record, I don't wee in the bath. <laughs> so, um, there's also another one, which is also reoccurring CSS dreams stroke nightmares have got to be bad for you, surely. Yes. Discuss. Yes. Yes, they are bad for you. Get a life. And I've had them. Have you? Well, I've had this night when I, I lay awake in bed looking at everything, and everything had chevrons around it. It was like everything was tagged. Oh. Like I looked at the wardrobe and it had the, the angle brackets, oh. chevrons. Did it have around a it. slash? Did it have a trailing slash? No, so it, was HTML. See, it was even badly marked. It up wasn't XHTML. Wardrobes. It was HTML 4.1 wardrobe strict. <laughs> Furniture strict. <laughs> oh, I do like a bit of geek humour. Oh, yes. <laughs> but no, it's true. I, I, I was looking at code for so long, I just started seeing it everywhere. It's just bad. So, yeah, it means get a life, go outside, get some fresh air. Um, take a wee in the shower before you go, but not in the bath. Unless it's jacuzzi. <laughs> for a nice, even coating of wee wee. Is it my go? It is. And it's a matter of life and death. Oh, look. There's one here from a young lady called Esther. <laughs> oh, right. Not that one. I know this bitch, Hope. <laughs> I've, I've come across the her The way somewhere. you talk to your girlfriend, it's disgusting. Oh, don't talk. Does she seem... Is she bothered? No. I think she's on the inside. No, she's not. I think she's dying a little bit every time you call her a bitch. Well, then she's dead, because I've been with her for 14 years now. <laughs> what is the best thing about sharing an office... And to John, how many times do you feel like throttling him? I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that that's you, John. And just Could to be. just to clarify that this is my missus, and yeah. she sent this uh, two months ago. Yeah. So, what was the first question again? Sorry. What's the best thing about sharing an office? Um. Pass. No, it's just nice, isn't it? It's nice to have someone to talk it's to. just nice not to have to talk to my <laughs> missus all the time. Or the kids. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's getting away from it all, isn't it? And, of course, I get the bragging rights of being sharing an office with the great John Hicks. <laughs> Bloody hell. I think I've been hired because I share an office with you, too. <laughs> and then what was the last bit again? And to you, John Hicks, how often do you feel like throttling me? Uh, well, I assume it's me, not Simon or... Yeah. yeah the John. Do you think I should answer that? 
just on average. Might be the end of the podcast. Average per average. Uh, once a week. Once a week is that it? Mm. That's a pretty good going. Yeah. So that's less more than that. Hold on, that's point seven something a day. I, I was going to go into why, but I, I won't now. Whatever. I know why. It's not not a good because I can in it. Okay. Well, can I ask the next question? Then? Yeah. Which is from one of my clients. Uh, He's a very nice client. Is that Dean Madden? No, no, this is... I'll come to that one later. This is James Christie. And Ah. he says, Dear panel, scientists at the Alcor Life Extension Foundation will vitrify and freeze a freshly dead head and keep it on ice until they perfect the sort of molecular nanotechnology required to resurrect you. Would you consider having your heads frozen in the event of your death? It could be brain casting in the year 3000, and it only costs $80,000 a head. Or again. There's a link there for their work as well. We can Excellent. It's not very graphic, though. <laughs> There's no... no. Well, you're just, you're just expecting future armour, weren't you? Well, this is what I was going to say. I think this, this gentleman... I've got him a gentleman because he's a client of yours. He's been watching too much future armour. <laughs> Would you do it, though? Um, um, I don't know. Maybe. I think I would. It'd be weird. If I could afford it. What about the rest of your body? Yeah. I mean, how, how could I cope without this fine specimen attached? <laughs> what would I play with all day? <laughs> your nose? Yes. I, I think there's possibilities. I, but I would just worry about people using me as a football, though. Mm. And what if you woke up in the year 3000 and it wasn't a very nice place to And talk? it was horrible. And yeah. You couldn't get out. Yeah. You couldn't even commit suicide unless you, thank, you thought really hard. And they were waking you up to do nasty things for you. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I keep thinking of? Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking of this scene from The Mighty Boosh where, you know, the, um, oh, you know, I've got the tentacles, you know, that kind of guy with yeah. the tentacles. And the other guy gets his head chopped off, and he's oh yeah yeah by he, the, yeah. He, yeah he starts uh, starts humping his head yeah he's like, I like your head shape <laughs> <laughs> is that kind of and not being able to do anything about it you know to know actually I'm changing my mind yeah I'm me not, too I'm not going to do I'm that. not going for it no well can I ask the next question because it's another client and I'll, you know go on then be easy uh, it's from Dean Madden another lovely client. Um, we should point out that this was sent last year yeah this is very late because it's all about Christmas. Uh, please can you to dear Father Christmas I think it's sent to the wrong address please can you bring me a copy of Helvetica on DVD or Herman Zapf's Alphabet Stories I tell you what it's worth getting the Helvetica DVD uh, not so much for the actual film which is good but for the special features because um, everyone they have on there is very kind of quiet and reverential and then you get Eric Speakerman um, inventor of the meta typeface amongst others uh, you get him on the subject of Microsoft, and he's away, and it's brilliant. <laughs> he really lays into Microsoft for being bastards and um, stingy people for not paying licenses and coming up with fucking awful Ariel and oh, it's the, the rant is just brilliant. As I say, especially amongst all these kind of really reverential and quiet type designers. Excellent. Talking about Helder. I still haven't watched that yet. Oh. It's got to be done. You must bring it in. Yeah, it's just there on the bookcase. Oh, you have brought it in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No excuse. Now you have to watch it. (laughs) Anyway, that's not the question. Uh, Isn't it? No. (laughs) Um, So, to the actual question, what Christmas presents would the panel recommend for type of files? Now, we're a bit late for this. Well, there's always next year. Yeah, well, yeah. And there's always, I don't know, what's the next 
um, gifting season. Easter. Easter or Valentine's Day. Birthdays. Yeah. So uh, any gifting season. Yes, the pr- primary gifting yeah, period. Pr- primary gifting period. BGB calls it. Which will be yeah, Valentine's Day will be the next one. So Valentine's presents for typophiles. If you go to, oh god, <laughs> I'm going to embarrass myself. Herfler. Herfler and Frere Jones did a, a big uh, series of blog posts at Christmas about good typophile presents. The best one, I think, is the chocolate letterpress letters, which I think is cool. genius. Linky Poos? Yes, Linky Poos um, on the screen at the bottom here, along with the telephone donation number. Okay, um, sorry, I've, I've hogged a bit now. You ask a buddy question. Let's do the Jim Ramsey one. This is again from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been putting this one off. Hello, John and John. I was surprised to hear Rojo mentioned in the episode one of the podcast. I actually feel a little guilty since I'm the one that redesigned it. Um, actually, the same thing has happened to me. I was a webmaster at the San Francisco Examiner and designed a lovely standards compliant site. See digitalweb.com slash articles, da da da. We'll link that out. I need to have them outsourced site soon and replace it with something horrible. So here's a question. How can a front-end developer, perhaps one who isn't also a designer, create a portfolio to show the quality of the HTML CSS that can last forever? First, I remember when Jim started at Rojo, because I think yeah. he took over from me, but because we from were thousands Yale. of miles away, we mm. didn't really have much contact. Yeah, you couldn't have him around for a pint. No, and talk about liquid layouts. Mm. So. I, I don't think there's an easy answer to this one. This is the problem I've I had for two years. It's like, mm. what have you been doing? I've been writing HTML, CSS, and <laughs> fighting with back-end developers. And it's been shut on after doing it. <laughs> and then, yeah, you can't, Yeah, is the simple answer. I think perhaps the only way, if you really are a HTML, CSS specialist, the only thing to do is start writing about it. Mm. Roger Johansson's a good example of somebody who's really positioned himself at the top of his field by blogging about what he knows yeah absolutely so say forget the portfolio because you get some that will just add you know lots of crap inline CSS and font mm-hmm. tags and I had one recently who, who added barely no markup but it meant that everything was break tags Oh, <laughs> just to get it to work. Oh, blood pressure and rising. One that, one that used a, a HTML tag I'd never heard of before called Big. I've heard of Big, which is in the spec and it's it's deprecated. If though, you go it? to Johnson.co.uk, it's small in there. <laughs> there is. It's a, big and small. Uh, it's just like, you know, I'd never come across it, but it's great. I mean, Big. <laughs> I should have bloody Big. I think you wrap that around your logo, don't you? Make it bigger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think the only answer to that is. I think uh, Mark Bolton had this great phrase about the site may have changed since development and he often puts up um, screenshots of how it was when he did it Mm. you know before it kind of got shat on I think that's okay if you're a designer as well yeah but if you're not if you're just a HTML CSS guy or JavaScript guy Mm. write about it and of course the obvious thing is where possible try and work with developers that that get it yeah Um, I mean, is, is it, I'm, just, I'm just wary of this is sounding a bit like, you know, all designers get it right and then all developers get it no, wrong. No, I think it's... It's just a case of, like, anything. There are developers and designers who don't know how to code. Mm. And another thing. And a print designer that asked me to use a 10.5 pixel text. Which is worth mentioning that your research did lead you to a discovery. It, yeah, actually, in WebKit, it actually does display 0.5 differences. But oh, you only really notice it when it's large. When it's at ten point, you don't see much difference between ten, 10 
sorry, ten point five and eleven. So it's. I'd be interested to hear people's opinions on that. Yeah. Point fives of a font size on the web. But I'm not buying into it myself. I just, what's the point? Yeah. What is the bloody? What's the point for? Anyway, sorry. Anyway, so, th- yes. Also, just to say thank you to Jim, and you know, don't feel guilty, or even a little bit, because I didn't care. It looked great afterwards. <laughs> Once he fixed it. <laughs> right. Um, I'm just going through. Some so why do I annoy there. you then, Mr. Hicks? Come on. You do this thing. Where you just go on and on about, oh, I see, you don't want to like my Gornish pasties. Mm. <laughs> it's just yeah, that's called of... the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'll just say something and then for weeks afterwards you'll just get this. Mm. <sighs> but I'm sure there's stuff I... I... Yeah, I like it when you go red because I know I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> or when I give that reply that you think, ah, oh, he hasn't listened to the question. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's the best bit about sharing an office, actually. We don't argue. We just don't listen to each other when we don't want to. Yeah, we get on really well. Right, off we go. Okay. This is from Roger Hackinson. It says, All right, lads. All right. All right. Are you sure your surname's Hackinson? (laughs) You're (laughs) just Trevor. (laughs) Trevor. All right, lads. I've got a quick question for you. Considering you talk about a new font typeface on your show every week, well, you know, haven't lived late because takes too long I have a simple question for you what type of typeface would you be if you were a typeface I'd be Comic Sans because I think I'm funny but I'm not <laughs> yeah you're getting everyone's tips <laughs> oh god I have no idea you'd be Helvetica wouldn't you I would be uh, yeah because you yeah, just want everyone to love you, you. <laughs> that, no no it's just that kind of bland you know gets used everywhere but doesn't really stand out from the crowd would you really I would be have. I would actually be um, Helvetica heavy. Heavy. Because, you know, as a relation to my body weight. I see. Uh, I think that'll do for that one. Okay. You pick another one. Uh, Right, this... I don't know. Okay, let's do this one. This one from Philip Roach, Mm -hmm. who I've had the pleasure of working with in the past. Had a certain large... Ish. No, smallish, medium sized ish developers in North Wales. Thank goodness for that. I've only finished that sentence quickly. <laughs> Large penis. <laughs> anyway, hi John and John. Long time no talk, John. I'm loving the podcast. Thank you. I have a CSS question. I recently started working on a large social networking site. When I arrived, the CSS was across 72 files with over 9,300 lines of CSS. Bloody hell. My initial task was markup, refactoring, and to get the CSS in order. I have drastically reduced the number of files using a combination of CSS tidy and dust-me selectors running through the... The what? Through Selenium. I don't know what that is. Mm, it's new with me. I'll have to look that one up. My question is, how do you arrange and structure your CSS files on a large site with many devs working on the same files? Well, that's the problem there at the end, isn't it? Many devs working on the same files. It is. Because you should have a big comment. You know this ASCII art um, mm. generators that mm. you get on the web and you can put your text in and there's a big ASCII art. Have a big ASCII art comment at the top of all your CSS files saying, get your hands off my CSS files. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not for you. It's like, you know, you don't go into the MySQL and mm. fiddle, do you? It depends on the size of the site, though. You don't pop your willy in the... Pearl and the ruby, do you? <laughs> and wiggle it around? You don't want to answer this question, do you? Well, you know, it's... Well, here's a couple of things I've discovered. Yeah. Okay. One, you have to have somebody who is basically in charge of the CSS. Mm. That's the first thing. Second thing is getting people who make changes to 
comment a change so that you know it's been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, you subversion. Where oh, possible. No. Yes, now go into that because you found something. Oh, great. Uh, SVM blame <laughs> on a, on a file, and it will list every line of the of the file, and it will show you who made the change. Mm. Which is a bit of a shame for the poor guy who merges branches because he gets told off for the changes somebody else made. Oh right, but that's beside <laughs> the point. But that's it's not that, perfect. That's another good method is subversion mm. because you can see who changed what. Um, SVM blame I find more useful than SVN diff because I can never read SVN diff, which shows you the difference. <laughs> And the other thing we're going to try at my new job is having like a scratch file at the very bottom of the CSS, so the last thing mm-hmm. that anybody who wants to add new CSS adds it into this development file, and then oh, yeah. I'll integrate it into the main. Yeah. So my structure stays intact. If it's good enough. Yes. That's a good idea. So those are the methods I've come across. Mm. Excellent. But as ever, it depends on how much time you've got for a project. CSS starts to fall down, I find, when the project's running at too quick a pace. Yeah, and obviously the larger project gets... I mean, it's, it's unwieldy enough for one person mm. dealing with the CSS. Yeah. You know, I always find that, you know, once it starts getting a larger site, it just it's that, it's, can't remember what you've done. You put that first important in and you know things are going yeah. to shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I, like, Mark Norman Francis, he's very down on important, but I think it has a place. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it does have a place. Otherwise, why would it be there? Quite right, right. Quite right, mate. Yeah, wise words. I'm going to ask a question. I don't really go on about things forever, do I? (laughs) I just give up, don't I, in the end? (laughs) Case proved. (laughs) Cornish pasties! (laughs) What? Uh, Right, two questions for the panel. This is from Simon Clayson. Simon who? Yes. Say hello, Simon. Hello. Oh, come, come. come Say on. hello, Simon. Oh, Enthusiasm. That's better. Come on, you have to come and record it. Use my microphone. Come yeah. on. Come on. Sit on the big red ball. And tell Father Christmas what you want. <laughs> Obviously, not one of my Cornish pasties. They're not bloody good enough. Oh, I can't remember sending this. Well, that's okay. It was sent a few months ago. It's lovely. Oh, this is slow pace, isn't it? Um, oh yeah, September. Is that September? September? This is September. You might want to get a bit closer there. Oh, September the twenty-fifth. What utility does the panel recommend to manage all these recommended fonts? I just found out today that my employee is going to give me a library accessed by a Linotype font explorer. Oh. And I was like, guess what, guess what I know, guess what I know. Oh, I know as well. (laughs) I know, my mate, my mate. (laughs) But we're saying one But that would be... Yeah, so, um, so maybe we can give that as the answer then. I think, basically, I've tried suitcase... Font Agent Pro, Apple Font Book. Uh, enough to know that don't let your fonts anywhere near Apple Font Book. Yes. I think that I think it's fine if you're if you're just managing a few you know fonts and like the basic system fonts and things. But for any kind of serious designer with lots of fonts, just you know that's the way to bring your system down. Yes. I haven't tried it in Leopard. Don't know if it's any better. That's Linotype. Yeah, but no, this is Apple Font Book. Um, but it's you know, why do that when you've got Linotype Font Explorer, which is free, bloody good, works really well. Describe it to the, as you described it to me, because I thought you said... It's like iTunes for fonts. I thought it was a brilliant way of describing what it was. It, uh, so, like, you can, you can create playlists for fonts, for projects. You can have smart playlists. You can... Um, the basic idea of a font management app is that you turn fonts on and off dynamically. 
Um, it then has plugins that auto-activate fonts. So if you're opening an InDesign document and it hasn't got the fonts you need activated, it'll do it for you. Amongst other things like previewing the fonts and trying it in different sizes, seeing all the glyphs, um, and it's, it's just fantastic. And there's a new version on the way out sometime soon. Will it have new icons? Because I did the items for it. <laughs> and it's a How huge project. How long did that take? <laughs> uh, yeah, about a year. <laughs> a year, I'll never get back. 100, 140 icons with, you know, majority of those with six different pixel sizes. So you get like the little sidebar icons, 16 pixels by default. But because of resolution independence, you'd have to do a 24, a 32, uh, and then the 48, and then a 128 pixel version. Goodness. So there's a lot of redrawing, a lot of, a lot of fiddling. And it was, it was a nice one to work on, but it was a lot of icons. But anyway, so yeah, there's, yeah there's, it's, being, it's being developed, and I can't say much more than that. probably said too much already. Um, but that's definitely the one to use. You see that big brother thing with the birds over it. Yeah. Oh, I'm the boy Got to get off Mr. Oxen's red, big red ball. Thank you, young boy. <laughs> Tea? Oh yes, please. Oh, top hell. Um, Shall I read this one? Do you want to do a couple, couple more questions? A couple more. Yeah, a couple more. Uh, I'm going to go on, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong. But I'm going to go for <laughs> Quasim Alice. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, guys. Loving the podcast. My question to you is, what's your opinion on using templates to develop a website? Uh, it's yeah, a bit of a loose one, isn't it? Depends what you mean by templates. Well, if you're developing your own templates, yeah. fine. Like we said a little about your own frameworks. Yes. It's templates you've created yourself. Mm-hmm. Good. Someone else's template? I've given out a few templates, free templates in my time mm. for people to use. And... Most of them have ended up, to be perfectly blunt, looking like shite. <laughs> but I think there's something to be said. If you're an amateur web designer, then yeah. fine. And I think, I mean, to be honest... Not we, that good when they started. Just I, think, <laughs> I think it's quite liberating for a designer. If you're just doing a little project, like when we started the recent podcast, mm, yeah. we used WordPress.com uh-huh. and we used a WordPress theme. We used K2, didn't we? Yeah, we just used K2 and then changed the, the header image. Yeah. And there's something really... Um, liberating about just being able to get something out there not have to worry about the actual design of the site and mm. just get it up well to be honest really if quickly. it wasn't for you it'd still be that template because mm. all credit to you for redoing it oh, I just wanted to do it but it was but I think I think there's a, a place for that but I think if you're developing a website for a client oh, well you know yeah. that's don't I think if, if somebody's done a particularly good template for a particular purpose and you want to go and have mm. deconstruct it and have a look at it, then fair enough. One thing I thought was interesting is I saw, I think it was yesterday, this is going to date it because it can take us two months to edit the podcast. <laughs> um, there's a, a, a design company selling a WordPress theme that's intended for a news portal site. Mm. It's a really nice template design. I think they're charging $75 for this WordPress theme. But, of course, with it being a WordPress theme... Um, it's all set up, so you know everything's sort of yeah. set up protection, not just the sort of the templates and CSS. And that was really interesting. I thought that was, you know, I think there's a good a there's a market there for people to do good templates for people mm-hmm. to use. Um, and I think you know that was in a case where that was a good template. Mm. You know, it was a good basis. It wasn't. Um, 
But like everything, there's templates, like the original Kubrick theme for WordPress. It's just everywhere, and people got sick of it. Mm, yeah, and that which, is probably the problem. With yeah, templates. which just hides the fact that actually when it first came out, you know, it was, and so there's a brilliant basic theme. Mm. You know, a default theme. I think basic sounds a bit derogatory, but a default theme. <laughs> You know, it was all right for a little bit. But it was all right for a WordPress theme. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think there's time and so, place. Time and place, we're saying. Yeah. Which kind of is what we said about frameworks as well. Mm. Um, let's just, I'm going to choose one at random from Dave Smith. A listener from across the pond. Or what? I mean, the other side of Borton on the Water. Yes, that'll be the place. Uh, gents, wine and cheese time. Selecting a pair of typefaces, one from the standard free set and one non-free that you feel represents a match worthy of wider, wider recognition and appreciation. Wider quite recognition a, Quite a typey podcast. Is, it is, it? yeah. So kind of pairing fonts. Well, off the top of my head, a really good pairing is uh, Meta, which is a non-standard, so you'd use Meta in an image, and Trebuchet for uh, headings, not Trebuchet for body type. It's awful. Um, but the one reason is that it, look, it has a similarity. The G is quite similar, and the G is quite unique in, in Meta, but it's quite similar in Trebuchet. I think that's a good, a good pairing. Um, and then, I'll, you know, basic ones like Helvetica and Helvetica. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's, that was going to be my choice. <laughs> yeah. Helvetica with the headings of Ariel for the body. Yeah. <laughs> there is a good... Um, on. F- Font font, I think it is. And a really good article about it pairing typefaces together. Uh, and a lot of it's sort of pairing a serif that fits well with a sans serif. I'll try and find the link and, and put that on. It doesn't include web fonts, but it's still a good article for seeing pairs of fonts. Uh, Peter Blatchford. Mm-hmm. Uh, hello, chaps. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'll read this one out. Congratulations on your spiffing new show. It's much funnier than Paul and Marcus's. And you have a far superior opening jingle. Ah, of course. Of course. I have two questions for you. Have either of you, like me, started to warm to the 2012 Olympics logo? Yes. Yes. I hate to say it. (laughs) I'll I'll go into that later, but you you too. Yes, me too. Ah. I hate to say it. Yes, I've seen a few uh, treatments that's like, uh, maybe they knew what they were doing after all. It's. I read something on um, was it uh, Johnson Banks website, and it was about the fact that Wolf Hollins do these logos that deliberately get up people's noses, mm. uh, which I can kind of see, and it's that kind of trying to do like a punk ethic mm. in logos. In that instance, I think the Olympics logo works because it did get up everyone's nose. Everyone looked at it, and actually, part of the problem I think was when they first reported it. They chose what they felt was the worst colour scheme out yeah. of all the different colour schemes, the pink and yellow, which obviously looks horrible. Mm. Um, but the fact is, like a lot of logos nowadays, they're designed to be flexible, so you can yeah. say about any. You know, I'd, I'd my own logo, I'd try and do in many different colours as possible. Mm. Um, and it's the actual idea, I think, works. Yeah, and I've seen a couple of treatments where they've used photographs as the background, mm. and that's worked nicely, and a couple of... Olympic sponsors have got it on the bottom of ads in their colours and it works nicely for them. Yeah, so. and, it, yeah it, and it's it's not going for that kind of typical bland swoosh or mm. little character or something. You know, it's really pushing it a bit. What about the Wacom logo then? Oh, that's still shit. <laughs> Bloody hell, what was that all about? 
The mystical floating horns of the wagon. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, I, you know, I, I think it's one of these things that I felt at the time, like, I probably shouldn't be saying that I hate this because I'm going to regret it later. But never mind. Yeah. Say what you feel, man. Say what you feel. Say what you I, feel. I, I like it. So the next one is... Uh, poached egg, what's your method? <laughs> Go on. Water and eggs. Yeah. Well, very briefly, first things first, buy decent fresh eggs. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you've got no hope. And some white wine vinegar in the water and no salt in the water because that breaks down the protein in the egg. Ah. And I'd like to whisk mine into a little vo- uh, vortex in the middle and drop the egg into that. Which yeah. Richard Rutter, who sent us a lovely CD, thank you, Richard. Thank you, Simon. Simon <laughs> just spilled tea everywhere. <laughs> we'll say it's bollocks, but um, if you drop it into the middle of the vortex and you're nice and fresh, it will yeah. give a nice. No, I missed it because I. I heard this years ago. Mm. Tried it, didn't work. Well, I think, the and then I tried all these other techniques, like put it in cling film. You're like, and, and I know you, you chastise me for that. You're just it, adding chemicals. Well, yeah, adding chemicals. The problem is it doesn't actually cook very well because mm. you know you wait for the top of the egg to cook for a long time. The other thing is to to have put it pull it off the heat a little bit, so you've mm. got a rolling boil at one end of the pan, and then and then a flat bit at the mm. other. So you drop it sort of in between the, the gentle bit and the rolling yeah. and that works as well. I think the, the key I found, which you, you, you talk, when you talked to me about it, was when you're saying to like put it into a ramekin or something. Yep. Break the egg into the ramekin and then to drop it, it in. slowly and yeah. carefully into the middle. But and the, that made all the difference. The absolute key is fresh eggs. Now, I, mm. I, don't, I bet there's very few people who know what fresh eggs are actually look like, but they just stand up like that. They almost hold their shape when you break them out of the egg. Mm. So they've got two layers of egg white. So there you go, buy fresh eggs. Buy a chicken! <laughs> the Rissington Podcast is devised and hosted by John Oxton and John Hicks, with contributions from squadron leader John Dennis. The show is hosted and sponsored, and shit, by the splendid boffins at Segment Publishing. That's segpub.net for you internet chappies. Hurrah! Do I really go on about stuff all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're ready. Oh, that's... I don't know. I don't even know what the question means. No, I don't either. Was the answer Wufu? Wufu is... looks pretty good, but I haven't used it. Um... (laughs) I was all excited about this spot. No, it's just. Sorry, we have the edit. Go on, read the second one.